are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to the Tuesday, November 3rd, Election Day Power to the Pod edition of Locked On Dolphins. It's fitting today. Day of democracy here in the U.S. People get to exercise their right to vote. You, here on Locked On Dolphins, get to exercise your right to dictate the discussion on today's show. Today's episode is brought to you by Pepsi. This football season will be different, and Pepsi's here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. No, no. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football Watching, if you watched Sunday's Dolphins 28-17 win and you are feeling inspired, if you liked what you saw, the flashes from Tua Tungavailoa, which were indeed much better than what the final stat line would indicate, then you need to make sure you get on board with the commemorative Tua Tungavailoa Miami Dolphins football that our friends over at Nyko Sports are providing 2,020 limited editions of this football. Tua winning his first start. The Dolphins relevant once again. It's a very exciting time to be a Dolphins fan. Tua Tungavailoa is the engine that is driving the Dolphins narrative in the national landscape. Your opportunity to get this commemorative football. $99 full-size, fully embossed football panels that include logo, action, image of Tua, Hard Rock Stadium, embroidered with his college stats. This thing looks very, very cool. So you have to call 1-800-345-2868 right now because these things are selling hot. That's what happens when the Dolphins become relevant. People are ready to get back in on the action. Nikosports.com. You can also order there. N-I-K-C-O sports.com. Make sure you mention the Locked On podcast if you go and get your commemorative Tua football. Power to the pod, we're kind of falling into this rhythm here where I don't want to do the the iTunes review questions too early in the week. So, like, if you left something after the game on Sunday, it's probably not going to show up. So what I'm going to do is I am going to peruse the reviews of Locked On Dolphins. And if there are any reviews that were left that were not dependent on the game or were not impacted by the game, we'll talk about them. If not, we will revisit them on Thursday when we do our crossover with Locked On Cardinals, when we go over some All-22 observations from the Dolphins-Rams game, and we'll go from there. All that being said, of course, we do have a post-Rams review. Joe Philbin left this review on the pod. Five-star best fins pod. Brother, thank you, Joe. Wasn't a huge fan of your tenure here in Miami, but you leaving a five-star review. One million percent changes the narrative. Power to the pod. After a full dismantling of LA, what position should be our biggest offseason priority after wide receiver? I think tight end, center, and edge in that order of first round where we would get, he offers a, a slew of NFL draft prospects, unless, of course, we get a little too deep into the playoffs uh, and, and miss out on one of those players. So 
I think that's that's where I'd like this conversation to go instead of getting specifics into NFL draft because we will have plenty of time to talk about it and that's been some of the feedback that I have gotten is hey we know you're a draft guy but like bro reel it in a little bit the Dolphins are in the hunt not only are the Dolphins in the hunt by the way the Dolphins are a half a game back from the Cleveland Browns for the final wild card spot let's go who what are the primary positions of need on the Miami Dolphins uh wide receiver yes I agree uh, I think the re-signing of Adam Shaheen does not bode well for the Dolphins effectively tripling down on that. They have Kaseki, they have Shaheen, they like Durham Smythe, he'll be the tight end three. I don't I I think the the decision to retain Shaheen kind of locks them in at tight end. I think running back is a very pressing need on this roster. The Dolphins seem to agree that's why they went after Love Bell. I think interior offensive line can still use some improvement. It might be Ted Karras. It also might be left guard, which might surprise you, might not surprise you. But I'll say this. Eric Flowers is fine. And the Dolphins, anytime you sign starters in free agency, you're expected you're going to have to overpay a little bit, right? Eric Flowers, much like Shaq Lawson, these dudes signed a three-year, $30 million contracts with the team this past offseason. But after 2021, so after next year, the Dolphins could theoretically trade or cut both of these two players who are playing fine. They're not playing bad, and I want to be very clear about that. They're playing fine. Are they playing up to $10 million annual average salary standards? No, probably not. But they're playing fine. You could cut them and save $19 million against your 2022 cap space and only carry $2 million in debt cap. That's a big number. And as the Dolphins and this roster continues to advance and develop and grow and get deeper, the mentality will shift at some point away from we need to draft players for primary need and again return to we need to draft good football players and make decisions a year in advance. So a financial decision of, hey, we've had a rookie that was in our system as a backup all year last year, we think he can play at a really high level. We've had the chance to evaluate him at practice. Maybe get some spot playing time. Do we let a veteran like an Eric Flowers walk, save $9.1 million against the salary cap, and install that rookie in because we took him in 2021 because he was a BPA scenario? That's kind of the, the next evolution. So I would include, uh, because Ted Karras is not under contract long-term, He's only under contract for this year at this point. And Eric Flowers as a... If the Dolphins wanted to break it, they could break it after 2021 with almost no salary cap ramifications at all. That's why I like the way they structured a lot of their free agent deals this year. So I would say interior offensive line with center and left guard are the most realistic offensive line needs. Wide receiver and running back. Defensively, it's Mike Linebacker for me. A little bit of edge talent like we just got done talking about with Eric Flowers. It's also applicable to Shaq Lawson. Um, Nickel corner. If the Dolphins are married to Igbo playing outside corner only, then yeah, we need to address nickel corner and get Nick Keenum out of the the Nick starting lineup. Stugatz fan one. Hey Kyle, love the podcast. Huge fan. Now that we've seen two his first game as a starter, how soon do you think it'll take the Dolphins to expand the playbook? 
Follow-up, do you foresee a change at offensive coordinator for this Dolphins offense now that two is a starter? No, I do not foresee a change with the offensive coordinator. Brian Flores wanted to bring in somebody that was an experienced offensive coach and let them delegate. Shane Gailey, you know, whether it was they only had so much of the playbook mastered or whether it was just the Rams game plan specifically or whether it was the game script and then they got up, you know, when they took five snaps in the second quarter and then they said, hey, Tua, just don't do anything stupid. We're up 18 points. There's no need for you to throw down the field. So if he's, you know, take what they give you, but if they don't give you anything, don't try and force anything. Don't throw tight window stuff. I could very realistically see that being the communication because this was a Dolphins coaching staff with a rookie in his first start that got gifted 21 points in the second quarter. So, yeah, I wish they could lean on teams and run with them with a little bit more consistency, but that's never been this team. And as they're learning to try to find concepts that work for this personnel, now you have the variable of Aaron Donald, which I don't know if you guys saw the screenshot, but there was one play where they, the Dolphins literally blocked Aaron Donald with four dudes and left the right tackle one-on-one with somebody, and they left the running back in pass protection against somebody. They took everybody from the right guard over and put them on Aaron Donald. <laughs> so a lot of variables at play that I don't want to read too much in and be like, yeah, the Dolphins offense stung, Chang Gailey, get out of here. Two it got some drops that were bad breaks. The game script going the way that it is. I, I don't think this is this is way too small of a sample size to evaluate Chang Gailey. But with that said, he theoretically should be the kind of play caller that makes a lot of sense for the Miami Dolphins. We here at the Locked On Network have been big-time proponents of the Built brand, and Built's newest product, Built Go, just ups the ante even more. It's a workout gel that's built to help you break through your mental or physical wall each and every day. It's easy to take. It comes in a one and a half ounce package. You put it in your back pocket, in your golf bag, in your briefcase, in your glove compartment, wherever. And it's always ready to go when you are. It's the best workout gel on the market. It's like five-hour energy without the same crash feeling. It's like drinking a monster with a third of the caffeine and better results. It comes in three delicious flavors. My personal favorite is chocolate mint, but there's also peanut butter honey and chocolate coconut. Bilko combines energy gel with collagen protein, which is fast absorbing, and it gets into your system fast, and it's easier on your stomach. It's loaded with the good stuff to ignite your system, beta alanine, B3, honey, caffeine, and it's built to kick all day long with B6 and B12. So visit BiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED, and you'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BiltGo.com. Let's go. Continuing iTunes questions. You guys did not mess around. You got these things in on Sunday. Okay. Jay Feld, I do want to acknowledge you asked another question about concern for the offensive play calling. KDude89, like how this game started against the Rams. It's a Dolphins trademark to get defensive in the second half. Electric start installed out the second half and everything. I would say yes, but at the same time, like they're winning the games. And you had a rookie quarterback, especially in this example, who 
one of the quote-unquote knocks was he didn't take checkdowns frequently enough and he held the ball too long. How many times was Tua sacked? First drop back, Aaron Donald. Was he touched again? He was barely touched. They took care of the football, ball security standpoint, once they got the lead. You know, if they get into a shootout and they can't keep up, if they get into a shootout, it's 28-24 at halftime, and the opposing team goes on to score 14, 17 points in the second half, and the Dolphins aren't able to score anything, I'll be concerned. But NFL teams, they, they don't attack games unless you're like the Kansas City Chiefs, which we, we can all love what the Dolphins are, are and what they're becoming, but they're not going to be the Kansas City Chiefs this year or probably next year. Or, you know, Everything would have to go absolutely positively right for the Dolphins to reach that level. Teams don't just relentlessly gas you out like they do in college football. There's no style points. I really don't think Brian Flores would probably look at the first half execution and say that he wanted things to be better offensively. And yes, in the second half, some of those third downs were frustrating errors, miscues. But to look at the Dolphins and say this is their identity, they, they start hot, they do really well in the first half, and then they, they coast. Yeah, one of these days it might come back and bite them in a game. But right now we're looking at a, a sample size of they've won all four games when they've been in the scenario where they have big leads at halftime. Because they have a defense that they trust, they would rather play the time possession game and say, okay, we're up three possessions. So what we want to do is try to play opportunistic. We want to play air on the side of conservative because even when it was Ryan Fitzpatrick, what happened with Ryan Fitzpatrick? He's throwing YOLO balls up 24 points against the Jets and throws interception. So like they were willing to be aggressive or Fitz was and they turned the ball over. So with a rookie quarterback, we say, no, we're not playing that game. From a mathematics standpoint, you hit 20 minutes left in the game, you're up three scores. You say, okay, we're going to force the Rams to play perfect from here on out against our identity of our team, which is our defense. Don't look at it as they don't trust the offense or they get shelled. They trust the defense. And they're going to call the game accordingly so that the defense can have the impact in the game that the Dolphins want it to have. That's my perspective on why they're handling game situations the way that they are in the second half. But, K-Dude, it's, it's a nice question. It's, it's a legitimate question to ask. Uh, Davenport wants to know about Florida Gators, Yak Monster, Kadarius Tony. He would be a fun addition to this team. Yes, absolutely. What is his value? I think it depends on, A, what he runs. If he runs in the 4-4s, you're talking about a day-two pick. If he runs four fives or later, that might be a dude that you might be able to sneak in there end of round three, beginning of round four. It's my opinion. Twitter questions. You guys did not mess around. I'm impressed with how many Sunday reviews are showing up in the queue. So kudos to you guys. Steven Wilson from Twitter. Question, which player or two... Offense and defense needs to play his best for Miami to beat Arizona this weekend. Okay, this now this is a question. Um, Byron Jones against DeAndre Hopkins. He's going to have to be clamps. I think the linebackers, uh, Jerome Baker, 
Elaine and Roberts, they're going to have to be able to split the difference on the Kyler runs versus Arizona spacing the field. And I think offensively, Devontae Parker's going to have to be big. I don't know how much action we'll see Mike Gusecki get this week because Arizona has some solid safety play. One thing that I'm not super intimidated by is Arizona's pass rush without Chandler Jones. Chandler Jones out for the year. So Miami's offensive front should be much more comfortable than what they were facing off against Aaron Donald. That's the good news. Kevin, one player who I think would fit really well with Miami who is available is Desmond King, who was traded yesterday to the Titans for a sixth. Yeah. um, Kevin submitted this question before Desmond King was traded, but, man, if the price is a sixth, like, I could have got on board with that, knowing full well that that Desmond in Miami probably would would have been a rental. Um, You would have benefited from getting Nick Needham out of the slot. The price was a six. Miami's six is probably going to be better. They have a six. I know they've they've played musical chairs. Late day three pick. Let's just call it late day three pick. They'll probably be higher in the standings than Tennessee this year. I think Miami kind of likes their room. Didn't want to give it away for a potential rental. Probably knowing full well that even if they make the postseason run, this is not going to be the year for them to try to win a championship. Brandon wants to know how it feels to have the number one scoring defense in the NFL. Feels pretty darn good, Brandon. It feels pretty darn good. Identity this team. And that's kind of what I teased when talking about how the Dolphins choose to handle multi-score games. When they're leading and they're out in front, you'll notice they also, especially against the Rams, they turned into such a bend-don't-break and the Rams scored seven points in the second half. And they had like 200-something yards of offense in the second half. Miami had the pressure on hot. They still managed to drop like three picks in addition to the four turnovers they forced from Jared Goff. Identity of the team, defense. I love it. Teams embracing what they want to do well having a clear identity for their football team, both on the offensive line and with the defense, it's all adding up to a really nice start to year two for the Brian Flores era. Kyle Smith is back again with his updated Bill Belichick statistics without Tom Brady. Bill Belichick is 56 and 68 without Brady. Perhaps he's an average coach who lucked into the best quarterback ever. Yes, I will be back after every Patriots loss to update this question. Um... My answer remains the same, Kyle, but I am looking forward to hearing from you hopefully a whole mu- a whole bunch more uh, between now and the rest of the season. Tom, with the trade deadline approaching, trade line- deadline is today at 4 p.m. Is there anyone you'd take a run at? Was wondering about Carrion Johnson. I think Carrion Johnson is an interesting player. Uh, Detroit, very clearly... They got shellacked by Indianapolis. Would have helped us if they would have won that game, but that's okay. Nobody was expecting Detroit to beat anybody when they had to. Uh, between DeAndre Swift and Adrian Peterson, like they're crowded in the backfield. Carry on, I think, would be a nice addition because he's not you're not married to him. But I think his move would be dependent on trading Jordan Howard and clearing some of that dollars off the books. 
So that would be the challenge for Miami is if you're going to move for running back, I think you have to almost domino effect it unless you want to eat the cash, which I'm not trying to eat a bunch of cash for no reason. That's the challenge for the Dolphins. Nick wants to know how we contain Kyler Murray this week. I think this game might be hard to win. Yeah, we said it at the end of last week. We said it at the beginning of this week on the show. If you go one-on-one against the Rams and Cardinals, I'm marking it down as a win. As long as we're healthy coming out of these two games, we've already got the win. If we get two wins, we're playing with house money now. Now let's go on a tear and rip off these next three games. If we win this week, I will expect us to beat the Broncos, Chargers, and Jets. And the Bengals. So four games. If the Dolphins win this week, I expect the next four wins to be dubs. Or four, four games to be dubs. That said, I don't expect this one to be a cakewalk like the other ones have been. Mobile quarterbacks have been problematic for Miami. It puts you in a bind. You kind of get disciplined. You're going to have to trap Kyler into making some mistakes in coverage. Um, the, the zone packages from Miami have been really high-level stuff. And their ability to, to simulate pressure looks and then buzz and drop guys off the, the Wilkins interception is a great example of that, right? Everybody's up on the line of scrimmage. We're going to send three quarters on them. The other quarter is going to drop off. We're going to take away the shallow window, throwing windows so that when they throw hot, we can contest the throws. I think the Dolphins contain rush, try to keep Kyler in the pocket, simulate a lot of pressure, but I'd probably drop guys and play a little bit more zone so that you can keep eyes on him. That would be where I'd probably start my install this week. It's a great question. Ocean wants to know if having Cox inactive, Chandler Cox fullback, uh, a reason the Dolphins couldn't get their run game going. How long, and do you see him being a long-term inactive? Uh, I'll say this, Chandler Cox is not an asset in run blocking, in my opinion. He will catch every third block flush, and he'll crush it. And the other two, he's way out over top of his toes. Uh, he's kind of just like juggernaut through the hole, and he's trying to run and, and hit anything that, that's in his space, hoping he knocks him over. And there's a, lot of, there, there's a lack of discipline there for Chandler as a blocker trying to fit up linebackers and defense ends. I don't think they particularly missed him. No. Um, I think it's more of a byproduct of the style of offense you're going to see the, the Dolphins continue to run. Uh, and if you want a hybrid type, maybe we go get another tight end hybrid type that has some more versatility to his game than what Chandler Cox can provide. Octavio, it appeared to me on more than one occasion on the RPO reps that Tua had a keeper for a good gain and at least one first down. He didn't run any of them by default or wasn't just making the read, what's your take from what you saw? So I haven't had a chance to chart the offensive plays yet, so I don't want to speak out of turn here. Uh, but, but what I will say is that I don't think Miami would benefit a lot from zone read, which is different from RPO. So zone read is that's when you have the package to keep the ball as the quarterback. RPO, you know, you can turn it into a effectively a triple option with an RPO to give, keep yourself and run, or keep yourself and throw. I haven't seen that layer from Miami, and I would not expect that layer, that layer from Miami. 
and I do know the play that you're talking about where he gave the ball and then emulated as though he was keeping, they're going to have to find an opportunity to pop that at least once. Uh, but I don't think exposing Tua in unnecessary hits with the game situation being what it was towards the latter half of the game last week was necessary. Um, because even if you emulate the run track as though you are keeping it as the quarterback, if you can freeze that edge defender at all and prevent him from sucking down, you still won even though you haven't actually kept the ball. Uh, so I think that's probably more of a play design than anything else for Tua. Um, but I, I again, I don't want to speak out of turn without having formally charted all the plays. Speaking of Tua Tungavailoa, reminder, this commemorative football from Nyko Sports, this thing is legit. Uh, I, I've seen the concept, how it's all printed out. It's a beautiful ball. It's got Hard Rock Stadium included on one of the panels. Patch of Tua in live action, fully embossed, limited edition. There's only 2,020 of these things that have been made. Nyko Sports is offering them now. And they are selling, rather quickly, as with all things to a people are ready to buy. So if you're interested in adding to your Dolphins fan cave, 1-800-345-2868, or you can go to nikosports.com. That's N-I-K-C-O sports.com. And make sure you mention the Locked On Dolphins podcast when you go. Some additional questions to close the show today. S. Kellogg wants to know about the Wildcat misdirection packages with Bowden and Perry. Do you expect to ever see Miami using them with Bowden and Perry because of their experiences running quarterbacks? That's interesting. I hadn't thought of that. You know, obviously they can both serve as the quote-unquote trigger man. They're both sufficient ball carriers. Man, um, this package has a lot of potential. I really liked what we saw from it in San Francisco. We were one Jesse Davis blocking the, the wrong linebacker away from one popping for potentially 40, 50 yards. There's potential here. Um, the challenges for Miami is I don't think it's ever going to have a lot of success hitting outside. Now, what you could start to do with this package is jet motion Jakeem Grant across the set. So you're snapping. You can fake the touch pass. You can do the touch pass. You can fake the handoff. You can give the handoff. You can run power concepts between the tackles. And Jakeem, with a flying start, is going to have more momentum to get the outside edge instead of trying to work through the mesh point with Matt Burita on those. I think there's layers here to work with if you're the Dolphins and you want to really flesh this package out. But if you really want to free it up, you want to give it a chance to pop, put Jakeem in motion, and do the touch pass. Because that's a forward pass, even if he drops it, it's still a forward pass, right? That would be my next step, maybe not necessarily getting Bowden and Perry on the field at the same time. More impressive season at this point from Leighton. Emmanuel Agba or Andrew Van Ginkle? Can I say both? Is that lame? That's probably pretty lame to not have a firm, firm, firm final answer. 
probably Van Ginkle. I liked Agba as a developmental player when he came out, when he got drafted. And I liked him a lot at the value of what the Dolphins signed him for. It's probably their best value signing this offseason. But Van Ginkle I was a little apprehensive about because he was pure developmental player. Good athlete. Functional strength was not good. Uh, his athleticism was clear. But he was a JUCO player who had transferred to Wisconsin and played two years and then got drafted in the fifth round. He, to me, has been a more surprising player. Uh, but I think Emmanuel Agba has immeasurably had a bigger impact, even though Van Ginkle's been everywhere. Last call, last question from Carlos. Are we seeing Preston Williams' last games as a starter? I think he'll have until the end of the season, no matter what. Uh, I don't think Antonio Callaway's really going to push him for a starting role. He's on the practice squad right now. The Dolphins activated him yesterday. Wide receivers, not really where I would be interested in making a move at the trade deadline relative to the cost. A team like Green Bay is probably going to be in the market for a wide receiver, whether it's Will Fuller or somebody else. John Ross, I'm not interested in at all. Preston will probably carry this role through the end of the year, but if he plays the rest of the year to the degree in which he's played the first half of the year, uh, yeah, I think it definitely opens up that position. So not just kind of like speedy slot, but like we have to be better at that spot. Uh, the drops have been really frustrating. And the separation is, you know, if you're, if you're a contested catch possession receiver who does not have good hands, that's a bad mix. So Preston's got time to potentially continue to recapture some of his athleticism. We saw it from Albert Wilson last year. Down the stretch, he got a little bit more lively with his movement skills. But you just you just got to be better catching the football. Kyle Krabs, Locked on Dolphins. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode of the show. I know I enjoyed talking power to the pod, as I always do, with each and every one of you. To those who are stateside, Make sure you exercise your right. Go out and vote today, no matter what. It's part of the process that we have here in this country, and we need to take advantage of it. Let your voice be heard, just like it was heard today on Power to the Pod. I'll be back tomorrow. Thanks, as always, for listening to the Locked on Dolphins podcast.